Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. If it's Monday, it is Masterclass. This is a short-form podcast that sometimes considers listener questions. Sometimes Masterclass is just me talking about something that I've been researching of late. This is irregular. Uh, yes, well, I suppose that life is irregular. In preparation for the climax of A Clash of Kings, I've been reading a lot about medieval warfare and weaponry. A lot of this is new to me. I did get a few books for Christmas on this topic. And my hope is that in the very near future, I will have on an expert on medieval warfare. So if you have a question about weapons or war in this period, send those to book at baldmove.com. Maybe your question will be featured on a future master class. This week, I'll just highlight two elements that feature in this book. The first is the caltrop. The second is Greek fire. Both of these weapons are absent from a Game of Thrones and introduced to the narrative in Clash. Let's start with the caltrop. Caltrops, in their most basic form, are just spikes. Imagine an iron tent peg sharpened at both ends and then bent at a 90-degree angle. Then do the same thing with to a second tent peg, and then weld the two bent pieces of iron together in the middle. The end result would be a four-pointed spike that could be thrown to the ground and always land with one spike pointing upward. These would be most effective if hidden at the floor of a narrow passage in the desert because the soft feet of camels or elephants would be bloodied. And if riders were atop these beasts, the riders would be thrown. On a side note, Warfare is really mean-spirited and cruel and super unkind, and I don't recommend it. If you sharpen the caltrop's points really well and hit them really good, you could damage horse hooves too. And this is what happens to the Lannister horses at River Run. There are caltrops hidden in the river, 
and Catelyn can hear the horses screaming from a distance. This is how they were most often used in medieval warfare, hidden to do damage against horsed soldiers. Later on in A Storm of Swords, Jon Snow loads caltrips into a trebuchet and flings them at his enemy. Caltrips were indeed sometimes thrown, but this was not their primary purpose. Okay, now on to one of the more intriguing developments of the era, Greek fire. You'll also see this referred to as Roman fire, or sticky fire, or liquid fire, or manufactured fire. It's all the same thing. In the world of ice and fire, of course, this is called wildfire. Unlike Martin's magical invention, Greek fire needed to be triggered by a flame, but it was indeed mysterious, and probably appeared as dark magic to enemy armies. Not only was the recipe and method for creating Greek fire a well-kept secret, it still is. While we have several written accounts and even a few illustrations, no extant text describes how it was made. Best guesses include pine resin, crude oil, or calcium oxide, or some other combination of chemicals and oils. Whatever it was, it was liquid, and it burned so hot that water was ineffective against it. According to some sources, it was invented by a Jewish refugee named Kalinikos. Kalinikos sought refuge in Constantinople and shared his research with the Christians there to fend off Arab invaders. Of course, we should always take these accounts with a grain of salt. It's pretty typical for Christians to blame Jews for things without warrant, but according to sources, Kalinikos was primarily an architect and an engineer and maybe also the inventor of the medieval flamethrower. Whatever the provenance, it seems to have become a well-known weapon in the 600s, and eventually used as a naval blowtorch. Now, given Tyrion's status as a scholar and a researcher, and considering how he used wildfire, my guess is that Kalanikos was probably an inspiration for the Battle of Blackwater Bay. In Clash of Kings, of course, we don't see the blowtorch contraption to shoot wildfire. But if I were Martin, I might keep that little detail in my back pocket. So, here's my prediction. If indeed wildfire comes back into the plot of the later books, keep your eye out for the blowtorch element. And maybe even a blowtorch used in a naval battle. Ships, as you know, were made of mostly wood back then and fire tends to wreak havoc on objects made of wood. The Greek fire would be sent through a siphon to create pressure and then ignited. At its best, or worst, given which side of the battle you're on, the stream of fire could reach a ship 50 feet away. One source says that the people of Pisa, otherwise known for their leaning towers, would shoot Greek fire from the bow of their ships. They would affix the head of a beast, sculpted in brass or iron, to the prow, and then shoot the liquid through the mouth of the beast, making it look as if the lion or monster was vomiting fire. Sailors of the enemy navy would jump ship in full armor rather than burn alive. Greek fire was also sent through handheld flamethrowers too, and these were called chirosiphons. Chirosiphons were fearsome but short-lived because... The ammunition was quite limited. And if you're wondering, as I was wondering, whether anyone ever soaked a caltrop in Greek fire and chucked it at his enemy, 
The answer is yes. This is not the best use of either weapon, and I highly discourage you from trying this at home.